morning, I'm Ben Anderson. 25 people are missing, with at least 11 dead, after a landslide in a transcontinental country of Georgia. The natural disaster hit a popular resort area in the mountains of the Racha region near the Russian border. Rescue efforts continue today, with experts saying the landslide was brought on by a combination of heavy rainfall and erosion. $6.4 million has been committed to the Gama Territory instruction in the Arnhem Land in the Northern Territory. It's hoped to improve outcomes for First Nations people. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese is attending the festival, promising to stay the course on the Indigenous Voice to Parliament vote. Australia's competition watchdog has intervened in a proposed deal that it was seen the ANZ purchase the banking arm of Suncorp. The deal was expected to be worth $4.9 billion. The ACCC released a statement saying it was concerned that allowing a major bank to take over a small competitor would further entrench the dominance of the big banks. For the first time since 2011, Parks will host the Regional Firefighter Championships. The event will bring more than 120 firefighters into town and show the community their abilities across 11 skills categories. Superintendent Fire and Rescue New South Wales Adam Dewberry says it's a great opportunity to show the public what our firefighters can do. Forty-seven-year-old Russian politician and Putin critic Alexia Navrini will spend an additional 19 years in jail. Navrini was found guilty of new charges last Friday, including inciting and financing extremist activity. His supporters say the added sentence is a strategic move to keep him out of the politics for longer. Breaking Bad actor Mark Magolius has passed away aged 83. Magolius played drug lord Hector Salamanca in the series Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, also appearing in Scarface and The Wrestler. The 83-year-old died at hospital in New York, surrounded by his family. AFL fans heading to the Sydney Olympic Park for the Sydney Swans versus GWS Giants match tonight. I advise buses replace trains between Lidcombe and Olympic Park on the T7 Olympic Park line this weekend. Rail repair track work on the Olympic Park line will not impact any of the special event services to support the Matildas FIFA World Cup fixture at Stadium Australia on Monday evening. Executive Director Rail Operations for Sydney Trains, Jez Tumba, says you should allow plenty of extra travel time. Updating sport. Updating sport. The Warriors have downed the Titans 28-12. The New Zealand side continue to surge into the finals, winning their last four games. Veteran Sean Johnson turned back the clock, scoring two tries and two try assists. Meantime, the Panthers took over the Melbourne Storm 26-6. Penrith have now won five of the past seven games against the Storm since losing the 2020 Grand Final. The Western Bulldogs have stunned the Richmond Tigers 126-71 in the men's AFL. Jamal Uggelhagen proved his worth, kicking his side to victory with five goals. The first round of the round of 16 games will get underway for the FIFA Women's World Cup. Switzerland take on Spain and Japan go head-to-head with Germany. And the All Blacks will host the Wallabies for the second Buttersloe Cup test. New Zealand have retained the cup for the 21st straight year following the 38-7 victory in the first test. 
In finance, oil was worth 82 US dollars a barrel. Gold is trading at 1,976 US dollars an ounce. And one Australian dollar is buying 65.83 US cents. This is Super Network News. More of High Tide on 2SM and the Super Network. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. If only I could go. It is five minutes after five here on High Tide. Just looking at that forecast for you. It has been updated, but no major changes at this stage. The forecast for Sydney Harbour, Pitwater and Botany Bay looks this way. West to northwesterly winds below 10 knots, tending southerly 15 to 20 knots in the early evening. Seas below 0.5 of a metre. And the offshore report looks this way north to northwesterly 15 to 20 knots turning west to southwesterly 10 to 15 knots in the late morning then tending southeast to southwesterly 15 to 20 knots in the evening. Seas below 0.5 of a metre decreasing to 1 metre around midday uh, the swell will be northeasterly around 1 metre busy little program for you this morning joining us in the studio Peter Johnson is sticking around for the remainder of the show and also from Pro Lure Australia, Greg Reed. Good morning to you. Very good morning, chaps and listeners. Ready? How are you going? How Mate, you? the coffee's black and hot. I'm going great. <laughs> Thanks very much. No How have you enjoyed the uh, boat show so far? Yeah, it's been great. It's not yeah. a bad little outfit, is it? Yeah, no, it's good. And a great way to connect with everyone down there. So, yeah. Yeah, that's good. what you were saying, PJ. It's the networking that's uh, the the big deal. And, and it was a bit like that at the breakfast yesterday morning. It was hard to get everyone to yeah. to be quiet because everyone was like, I haven't seen you in like so yeah, long, blah, blah, blah. We don't get invites to the breakfast anymore. Don't you? No. <laughs> We used to. Yeah, all, all the cast members used to give well, invites to the breakfast. I thought they would all go. Blakey wasn't there, but I know Blakey was busy, so... Yeah. No, nothing about it. Yeah, okay. Stevie Bowler is joining us online with Kieran Riki. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. How are we going again? Nice, right, Steve. Steve. Mate, boat show weekend always got to be uh, a good one. Like, uh, it's going to be raining tomorrow, apparently, down there in Sydney. So, so they reckon. Uh, yep, so they yeah, reckon. Get the, fire, the uh, crowds fired up and uh, along, so that'd be good. So, yeah, go out and enjoy your uh, old boat today and then go and get a new one tomorrow so it's the, it's the plan I reckon uh, but uh, Blakey was saying they, they wouldn't uh, sell boats off the floor this year they're, they're not allowed which is sort of you know a bit, a bit disappointing because that used to be the big thing about boat shows you know you go out and pick one out and grab it on the Sunday it would be awesome but, oh, no, because uh, they, they can't bump out till close the show on yeah. Sunday evening. Yeah. They haven't done that for about 30 years. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah we'll see what happens. A lot of people put them on, um, they take them off the trailer, Steve, and they sit them on skids and they take the lower legs off so they yes. sit lower yeah, so yeah. people can get in and have a look. Because otherwise you've got the risk of people climbing up on trailers and falling off. So, yeah, yeah I'd well, be wary about buying one, Steve. None of them have got uh, props on them. <laughs> sure, sure. It's, uh, it's funny. Reedy really, laughs, really and Greg looks at me as if I'm a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> Pete looks at me as if I'm a lunatic. <laughs> as Blakey was joking around yesterday, he said, "Oh, it's no, there's no props on." He said, "Oh, yeah, it comes extra." <laughs> <laughs> That's why he earns the big bucks. Honestly, so always, always thinking like that. True that. Yeah. So, uh, weather-wise, here in Tennerfield, I'm just toddling outside now. Um, yeah, no frost. 
a uh, little bit dewy, uh, another good uh, fog this morning. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's been really, really nice days the last uh, sort of week, just beautiful sunny days. We've been so lucky. Could do with a bit of rain, to be honest. Uh, if, if we're, you know, it's between you, me and the lamppost, we're, we're um, yeah, look, looking very dry here at the moment. So uh, if we could get, you know, a splash, it'd be very, very welcome. Uh, as I say, though, uh, conditions at night are still nice and cool, so the water clarity is still really, really uh, high at the moment. You know, in, you know uh, as I said last week, it's like fishing in vodka at the moment. Um, still not quite hot enough to get the wriggle sticks out and about and moving, uh, which is good. So, yeah, it's a great time to get out and, and chase some fish uh, around the New England. Uh, the dams are uh, getting some good reports. There's the, the odd cod coming from uh, Copeton. Uh, again, there's plenty of water in Copeton uh, still. So, uh, you know, it's a choice of uh, either you know, doing a lot, a lot, a lot of casting or, or um, maybe you're better off doing the trolling thing. Um, my preference is when the water is, you know, as high as it is, yeah, trolling is the way to go. You're just covering more ground. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with, with uh, the weather over the next uh, week. If uh, that rain you guys get down there comes up, it'll be, yes, say, very, very welcome. Uh, the girl and I have been uh, went out for a shop last night and get, got some rabbits. Uh, we've got to go out and get some more this morning. So she's on the lounge in the, the lounge room at the moment, waiting for me to wake her up after I finish here. So we'll go out and uh, you know we took the ferrets for a run last night, but uh, tonight, but uh, this morning, we're just going to take a, a rifle and and pop some rabbits. We've got to get some for the Catholic priest is retiring tomorrow, so. We told everyone we'd do a big uh, slow-cooked rabbit. Uh, that's the plan. Go out and get uh, some more. We got. We got Thank your mother for the night. rabbits. How are you how are you cooking them, Steve? Just in the slow cooker. So I just oh, give them a nice. quick sear on the barbecue plate just to, to caramelise the outside of them. Yep. Don't cook them all the way through. Just sear them. Throw them in the slow cooker. A few jars of uh, butter chicken sauce. Pop that slow cooker on uh, tonight at about six or seven, and then uh, it'll be ready. Like I'll, I'll just let it go overnight. Mm. Cook, oh, too cook good. the entire night, and then uh, take it down to church tomorrow. Do the service, and uh, even by the time we get out of the service, if the service is now long, it'll be just about perfect. Uh, it will have cooled down enough that you know, people aren't going to burn themselves, but uh, still be pretty pretty hot. So slow cookers are fantastic. Today. Do you want do you want another recipe, Steve? Mm-hmm. Poach Boy. poach them a little bit in buttermilk. Yeah, and then egg wash them with uh, oh, and then then, and then southern brine. No, yeah. we'll put them in breadcrumbs, but put some parmesan cheese in with the breadcrumbs, and then uh, then uh, bake them or, or deep fry them. Yeah, yeah. Look, oh, I, I've, I've thought about that. It's mm. like oh. It's a, a little bit uh, fiddly for what I want to do tomorrow. I just want to uh, rock up, do the service, and usually uh, I'm, I'm stuck in the kitchen doing the washing up uh, afterwards uh, at these events. So, um, you know, washing up lots of cups of 
tea and uh, things like that for the little old ladies at the church camp. They always enjoy me going in there and, and having a natter with them as I, I wash up. Cause I got silly old strong hands from uh, the uh, nursing home days of, of you know running in the kitchen there. So I got no feeling in my hands, so I can have really hot water. It doesn't worry me. So they, they always like that. But, and at the end um, of the day, too, good tasty way to take some ferals out of the environment. Yeah, it's a good way. I've been eating a fair, fair bit of goat and uh, venison lately. And, um, yeah. yeah there's, delicious there's, in, the, farm, in the slow cooker. Yeah, there's, there's so many uh, pigs and deer on this uh, oat crop at the moment. He's like, oh, you, you really should come back tonight and knock some of those <laughs> over, Steve. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'll, I'll be, I'll I'll be up Monday Arvo, Steve. <laughs> Yeah, but between that and the, the amount of bunnies that he's got on his block at the moment, like I was out there two weeks ago and I was like, oh, there's a fair number of bunnies here. And then last night, the girl and I just walking around, we were kicking rabbits out from underfoot everywhere. Yeah, and the ferrets were, were dragging little kittens out of the hole and, and things like that. They were sort of the size of my fist. So I was like, oh, well, they're, they're quite handy too. I'm not going to put them in the slow cooker, but I'm certainly going to put them in the freezer and the snakers. <laughs> she, she enjoyed one last night, and uh, that's her sorted for the, for the next uh, few months. She'll eat one of those every two to three weeks, and uh, very handy. Uh, and the ferrets had a couple themselves as well last night. So all worked out well, but we we're, we're still need a couple more. So that's the plan this morning. Lovely. All right, I'll be let you guys uh, finish up and then uh, have some breakfast and head over to the bow shop. Alright, mate. Good See talk you. Yeah, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Good on you, Stevie. Beautiful. Talk to you soon, guys. See, so that's unfair, isn't it? He what? comes on, we're stuck in the studio, he talks about wonderful food, gets us all salivating. Harv- we're stuck harvesting here. One, your own wonderful food. Yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're stuck here. He goes off to have breakfast now because he's hungry. We've got to ban all these great recipes during the program. It makes us too well, hungry. Hang on, you blokes. Hang on. Morning, Can Kieran. Did you not talk to uh, our sausage roll maker? Yeah, I spoke to Ronnie yesterday. The thought just crossed and my mind. Not? Yeah, I spoke and to no Ronnie about his sausage rolls yesterday. Morning. No, no, but uh, son-in-law Adam provided some uh, biltong, some biltong man biltong there, and courtesy of Springbok yep. Delights where Adam works, but nah, unfortunately no sausage rolls. Okay, I've got another quick question for you and Greg. Good morning, Greg. He hid the biltong in his bag pretty quick too. <laughs> uh, um, listen, yesterday's paper, uh, McGlashan showed a, a picture of a young fellow who caught a 120 kilo yellowfin. That's the biggest he's caught. He's only 11 year old, called Hassan Kabisi, and he fishes for the Sydney Game Fishing Club. But what was concerning, as far as Al was as reported, was the amount of plastic inside the fish. Yeah, so it's been swimming around eating the plastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a sad state of affairs. Yeah, but, uh, you know, some people brought it up to me yesterday. I said, look, the inference always seems to be that they want to blame the fishermen for any plastic that's in the water, which is totally incorrect. Well, there's microplastics, and that's why Suzuki's gone and, and put a um, clean ocean project on. They've got that uh, microplastic cat chamber on their motors. But... Um, we, we've all seen documented um, the, the garbage rafts that are out there in various 
eddies out in the ocean mm. where it, it's stuff that's thrown overboard from ships, it's stuff that's washed out of river mouths, you know, like it's yeah. it's by not doing the right thing in stuff the first place. Stuff that's coming down the Parramatta River from Castle Hill because you left the lid off your bin. Yeah, or something like that, yeah. you know, like it just ends up into a waterway, a drain, and it runs no into No offence to everyone that lives in Castle Hill. Hello, Mum and Dad. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Kieran, that's what it gets in. Look, I've caught yellowfin, and blokes have been uh, drinking Carlton Dry Twist Tops out there because when you're cubing for yellowfin with the pilchards, they come up and eat the pillies. Well, this yellowfin had four Carlton Dry Twist Tops in its gut, so <laughs> someone's been throwing them over as they're drinking, you know. It's part of yeah. a broader discussion, I think, Kieran. It's well beyond our, con- our control yeah. like, as individuals. It's you got all this land-based plastic, and, and that urban release of plastic like a plastic bag might actually blow out of a bin on someone's block who's done the right thing but you've mm-hmm. got a suddenly buster come through the lid of the bin goes flying open something comes out of the bin rolls down the street goes into the drain goes into the waterway and eventually finds its way out to sea and uh, that's, that's part of a bigger discussion that we've really got to drill down on because at the end of the day yeah it, it is um, a significant problem yeah with those liners I don't think they drop the uh the scraps overboard anymore? No, they don't. No, there's the Marpole Convention with that, and um, there's there's regulation with that out to 12 mile. If they are, uh, if they are, it would be organic. But no, you're right, Kieran. They actually don't. They've got basically onboard processing facilities now, and everything yep. comes ashore. Kieran, I want you to go and grab your crayons and your form guide because coming up straight after this break, we're going to catch up with John Caracasanas. More of High Tide on 2SM and the Super Network. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. If only I could go fishing down the river. It is 21 minutes after 5 here on High Tide. It's that time of the day where we catch up with John Karakasana so we can go out and buy ourselves some pro lure. We can fix up our boats. We can buy some new sails. We need to find a winner. Good morning, Carrots. How are you? Morning, Grant. Morning, uh, listeners, and Kieran, and uh, PJ's back, eh? I heard PJ's in the studio. The whole gang is How are you, John? Morning, Kieran. Good, thank you. Ah, Good to hear your voice, mate. Oh, yeah, I'm only a phone call away. (laughs) Now, Carrots, today, Missile Stakes Day racing on a good four at Rose Hill. Where are our selections coming from? Hey, what about my fanfare for last week, pal? Oh, it <laughs> you went okay last week. Big, mm. big, big, oh, big prize winners. Only tipped a twelfth to one winner in the last race and again. Yeah, yeah. Gee, God, thought there'd be a couple of thousand coming my way. I'm sure that Kieran's going to do that for you. Is that right, Kieran? Oi, 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 oi! What about Blakey? What? Are, no, well, you're the boss. Yeah, but what about Blakey, mate? That's got nothing to do with it. That's got nothing to do with Blakey. I was going to send him a present, but he's going away. He's going overseas, so... Yeah, three more weeks. Hey, Carrots, did he ever pay for that bacon and egg roll? No. <laughs> no, that's still on the bill, mate. His name's in the book. Yeah, but that one goes back to 1987. No, no, that was about a month ago, maybe five, six weeks. <laughs> I've got a couple chalked up. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Don't worry. We nearly got the treble last week. The first one got beat a yeah. piece, you know what. 
Nah. Never mind, never mind. It was, it was going to pay for my holiday for the first one out of one because I took a three-leg all up. And let me tell you guys, it was worth plenty. I bet. Where will we get the chocolates today, mate? Oh, yeah, home ground, home ground advantage, mate, those help. Yep. Yeah, best bet of the day is, is in race one. Race one, yep, Tab yeah. Highway Plate. Yeah, Burundana. Number nine. Yeah, and the next best is in race eight. Yep. Uh, big Parade. Big Parade is number four, race eight, number four. And the value bet for this week is in race nine, Carl Carlipo. Oh, Docker number three, yeah, yeah, Chris, yeah, Chris Lewis trained, yep. Oh, eight dollars, yeah. that's uh, was it? Yeah, eight dollars is good, good odds, mate. Yeah, well, it's got a uh, a lot of residual fitness from from Brisbane, and his Brisbane form over the winter up there was excellent, really. So, uh, Barry Park. Race nine, Kieran, number three, Colourpool. Race nine, okay. And yeah, Kieran, man. don't forget it's your bet for the Plumbers Club today. <laughs> well, that's why I'm asking what I should be on. I don't know, mate. That decision's up to you. See if you're as good as Blakey. Thanks. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, well, right. I've, t- I've, t- I've tipped three, choose one. Yeah, I mean, but I can't go that good because you'll be gone. We won't be betting. Yeah, but we're going to bet when I get back, mate. There'll be six people punting on the first Saturday that I'm back, so nothing changes. Oh, just no so you're still paying? Yes, of course. Oh, okay. Are you doing a tough pal? Do you want me to pay for you? <laughs> Don't say that. He'll yeah. say yes, and you'll never get oh. rid of him. Of course oh, you'll no. say yes. No, no, we'll still be pay, paying, and then when I get when I get back from uh, my holiday, uh, there will be six people punting five hundred dollars each. Okay, okay, Karen. Well, do yeah. you want me to send that out? Do you want me to send that out in a group chat for you? No, I'll be right now. You'll be right. I'll explain it when it get when just before I leave. Okay. All right. So there, there's the three: Burundana. Big parade and colour poise, the each way value better today. Brilliant. Thanks, John. Much appreciated. No worries. We'll do it all again next week. I'll, I'll give you a call it. next couple of days, John. Yeah, no worries. Anytime. Right on, mate. John's tips for Rose Hill today were there racing on a good four. Race one, number nine. Race eight, number four. Race nine, number three. If you missed any of those, I'm pushing publish right now. They will be on the High Tide Facebook page. It is 27 minutes after five. More of High Tide on 2SM and the Super Network. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. If only I could It has just gone 5.30 here on t- High Tide. A busy little program for you today. Greg Boyden is my name. We've got Peter Johnson in the studio. We've got Greg Reed in the studio. Online, we've got Kieran Riki and... And... Alan Blake. Good morning. Well, good morning, everyone. How are we all? Not too bad. How's the workers going? Well, the workers are going well. It's, uh, it's a busy boat yard. So it is, and you've got a great display there, huh? 
Yeah, we've got 21 boats in there. That's uh, good coverage of the bar crush, the Stagecraft and the Stacer. Couldn't fit a Rabala in there. Yeah, no, we've got the Chaparral's in there as well. Yeah. So, uh, no, it's, it's a good boat show. It's very compact. It's only downstairs this year and uh, out in the marina. But, uh, no, it's quite good. Quite good. Hey, Al. Yes. What about the Stacer deals? Any Stacer deals on? Yeah, we've got some good Stacer deals on, up to $2,000 on the trailers, and that's on the on the bigger boats, the 619s, and the smaller ones have got $1,000 $1,500 off. So the Stacers have been very popular. Uh, side consoles, the cabins, and also the runabouts, and a few bow riders too. And with the with the Stacey, you've you've got a, a special uh, 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 money back, I suppose, is another way of saying it. Uh, uh, some money off the price of the trailer. Yeah, that's a Stacey. So uh, they did something different. Normally, everyone gives a discount on the boat. So Stacey said, "We'll give a discount on the trailer." Does that, does that afford you the uh, money to buy the propeller for it? Yeah, well, you want a gearbox, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so weird seeing all of these boats there with no props. Oh, one, bloke, one bloke said, oh, they're all jet drives now, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, when, when you put the boats on the ground to make it easier for the people to see, yeah, yeah. you've either got to have the motor out at an angle where people can trip over it, or you take the gearbox off and it just sits nicely. So yeah. we decided to take the gearboxes off. And I do have a customer every now and again say, do I still get a gearbox with it? <laughs> yes, <you> do. <laughs> Oh, gee. And you enjoying it down there? Yeah, look, it's boat show. <laughs> <laughs> That's number, the way to say it, Al. Yep, it's I boat think show. this is number 34 for me. Oh. So I've been there a little while. Yeah, not your first radio. But it is no. good. It is good. Uh, it's a good networking opportunity, too, for those in the industry. Oh, yes. Yeah, when you get time, it's, yeah. mind you, it's an old men's club. You catch up with a lot of people you've met, you've known over Mm-hmm. It's quite good for that, but uh, no, it's good fun to see all the old faces, and uh, all the customers come back each year too, just to have a look around and see what's going on, catch up with them. Hey, uh, Al, one of the interesting people I, I was on stage with yesterday evening was uh, Danny Casey from Suzuki. What a yes. what a very uh, brilliant engineer that guy is. Oh, he's very knowledgeable. No, oh, yeah. racer from years ago. Yeah, yeah, Danny Casey's been around a long while. Yeah, still hasn't lost yeah. his accent. <laughs> oh no, he never will. He it's never too, will yeah, it's too Danny boy for that. Yeah, also caught up with Phil Donato. Yeah, uh, I didn't see Phil and Ryan. You told me they yeah. were there, I didn't see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it was quite good. But Alex Burrell from Marine Rescues down there, and they're all keen fishermen, which is uh, which is good to see. Yeah, no, it's it's a pretty pretty uh, good place to catch up with people. That's for sure. I caught up with Chopper there yesterday, Mark Reed, because uh, Mark's yes. retiring. Yeah, Chop's game. retiring. Big shoes yeah. to fill. That is. Yeah, whoever takes on that role. Yeah, oh, look, there's a, there is a lot of people retiring. We are getting older, but uh, it's just one of those things. I'm feeling it too. Don't worry. <laughs> and it's it's really diverse. I mean, there's a lot of sail out there too, Greg. Yeah. A lot of sail out yeah. there, but you've also got the, you know, Kieran's yeah. favourite, the jet skis. I want to, I want to see him. I actually saw, I actually saw uh, the the push bike. Well, I was just about the red sharks. Yeah, yeah. red shark for Kieran. It's a crossover between a push bike and a paddleboard, Kieran. Oh, he'd love that. Yeah. You are kidding. 
they're going to be licensed. They can't be out in the oh, middle. Oh, right, right, I'll put him on hold. <laughs> we'll, make, we'll make one for you, Kieran, for a funeral pyre. There you go. You can pedal off into the sunset. Well, don't, don't rush it. I, <laughs> I did send Kieran a photograph, and I said a whole line of jet skis. I said, there you go, mate. Take your pick. I'll buy you one if you drive it. I'll buy you one if you drive it. No. Didn't come back with what colour he wanted, so I, I'm assuming he's bowed out of the deal. No sense of adventure. So. <laughs> no. And how's the Suzuma stage going, boys? Really well. Rudy's, Rudy's on song with his uh, shallow water, uh, top water flathead talk, and it's just an amazing talk. If you want to learn about catching top water flathead, come and see. The, what time are you on today? Hang on, I'll just pull up the picture. It's afternoon. It's 2.33, I think. Yeah, 2.33. Yeah. Hang on, I'll ask. I'll ask Gentleman's Greg, hours. Peter. Greg, what is a top water flathead? A top water flathead. Good question, Grasshopper. Um, that's where the flathead comes and eats the lure off the top of the water, off the surface of the water. You go, flathead okay. don't eat a lure off the surface of the water. Yes, they do. If you fish skinny enough water or shallow enough water and you put a presentation in front of them that looks like a wounded bait fish and that presentation's big enough, they'll come and eat it off the top. Okay, so we're not talking 10 metres of water, we're talking one metre of water, I gather. One metre or less. Mm. Yes. Mostly okay. knee-deep or less. Right. And then if they don't eat it off the top, the amount of bycatch, particularly in spring, when I say bycatch, they're still flathead, like just subsurface, is quite amazing as well. So it's actually a really effective way to also get a feeder fish. It's not all about chasing those big trophy fish, but they are there. And give me surface luring for fish any day of the week, that visual and that um, audible aspect to it, because that that boof off the top is is a very mm-hmm. addictive sound. It is, it is. Okay, you know, it's just just the average person out there, you know. They say, well, "What's top water flathead?" Mm. Yeah, top water anything for anything for uh, luring a fish off the surface of the water, where you're putting in a presentation and watching them come up and eat it. It's it's very addictive, and once you get the fundamentals down, Pat, it's not overly difficult either. Now, with that, do you need a special set of sunglasses or can you just see it without sunglasses? No, sunnies are absolutely... That's the most essential bit of kit with this is the... um, It's the stuff between your ears and uh, your eyes and a good set of sunnies and and having those visual cues. That's one of the most important factors. Okay. Yeah, good one. It is. It's great fun. Okay. And uh, who else is up on stage? Well, we've got uh, Justin Duggan. Justin does a, a great uh, light tackle sports fishing and temping fussy pelagics. And uh, the photography is on point with that. And then uh, you've got young Reese Creed that's all about catching monster Murray Cod and the use of technology, the active target from Lowrance. He's, and the uh, listeners with that should look at at social fishing. Yeah, social fishing is Social Reese's, fishing. His online yeah. resource for cod is second to none. Yeah, and then you've got, um, you got that big tall Queensland fella. Talking about uh, deep dropping off the continental shelf. He goes all right. Yeah. That he goes all right. Yeah. yeah, and then of course you've got the uh, uh, the guru on game fishing, Timmy Simpson. Tim, what Tim doesn't know about game fishing hasn't been discovered yet. Yeah, and uh, of course we've got uh, Mossy there with the uh, Shimano tank, okay. and uh, yeah. ET's on stage today. Oh, he's, okay. uh, he's got everyone there. Yeah, he's on stage today and tomorrow from um, one thirty to two. Um, mm-hmm. You'll catch Greg at 2 o'clock straight after Yeah, don't forget today. Leroy as well. Leroy, Leroy Horton, talking, Horton, about, Leroy, talking about bass. When's Leroy on today? Leroy's on at 12.30. So Leroy's got a really great presentation on, on fishing for bass. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, and then you got some idiot talking about Snatter. Oh, that'd be me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sounds like a bit of fun. It is. It is. It and, is. And then we've got the guest speakers that come through, like Transport for New South Wales. We talk about boating safety, um, Underwater Australia. Um, that's on today. That's a, um, using an underwater drone. So Bertie's done a bit of uh, looking into that. That's on at 5.30 this afternoon, the underwater drones. He's done that practically. started with air drones that went underwater. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's how he develop, they developed it, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he I, he does love his toys. He's a bit like me. He does love his toys. And you get Harry Curley. He's uh, talking about sonar too. He's from Garmin, so he yeah. does a good presentation. Mm-hmm. Young Harry. Yeah. And actually, one thing you can do with the boat show because there's all the electronic stands. You can go there and they can actually explain to you how it works and why it works. So you get much more information. Um, even if you've got a boat and you're not sure how to work it, go and have a chat to the boys and girls on the stands. Yep. And uh, they'll explain how everything works. But you know me, Blakey, I'm a Luddite when it comes to technology, and you know, they got me sorted out. So yeah, good. that's good. <laughs> Is there, there's hope for Kieran yet, you mean? No. No, okay. Thank you. No. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> yeah, yeah, leave the money on the fridge. <laughs> Oh, dear. That's all good. Worry. Yeah, no, there's a good display. Um, you know, all the uh, electronic manufacturers are out there, and like you say, if you've got a question, go and ask them. And there's plenty of pro staff everywhere to help out. Mm. We're going to get a bit of rain today. A little bit, I think. A little bit. Mm. Subtly change coming through mm. later. I think we're going to. You picked it maybe last even, week. You yeah, said mate, it was coming. Maybe even shift into a little bit of a wet phase mm. now. I think these high, these big high patterns are going to shift a little bit coming mm. into late August. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but then they'll be gone by late September and then October and start coming on. Well, will they? I mean, we, we are, with all due respect, we are talking about the bomb. And, you know, like, it's the only job you can stuff up on a daily basis and still keep because they get it wrong. How can we predict well, a couple Mark of Bonas- months ahead? As Mark Bonassiak said, they get the forecast right, but the wrong day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I thought that was a good comment. Yeah. No, we need a bit of rain, though. Mm. We, uh, uh, yeah. we, we could do with a bit now. Yeah. It'll all be uh, fun. We'll see what goes Is on. anybody bit... displaying batteries down there or talking about batteries? Well, I haven't seen why. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what, though, Kieran, there are a number. It's noticeable the amount of electric motors yeah. on the market yeah. now. Like, that is a noticeable. Yeah. A noticeable trend and moving forward as we sort of, you know, gear up for electrification. Well, lithium battery technology is changing and it's evolving every, every month. Yeah. You know, it's just bad. Oh, to be honest, I haven't noticed any, Kieran, but I reckon if we walk around those, um, you know, the the retailers of the electrics, they'll have a fair bit of stuff there. Mm. Yeah. It was well, interesting. They've all got their motors running. Yeah. Right, yeah. which when you walk past, you, normally if you walk past an outboard motor, you couldn't hear yourself think. Mm. But they've all got them running, and I think that's probably the yeah. best advertisement for it. Yeah. Quietness. One thing I haven't seen, though, and I'm, I'm looking forward to, Blake, is when the first outboard manufacturer comes along with a spot lock. Yes. Well, well and, for, and for the listeners, the spot locks yeah. on your electric motors, which you usually have bow-mounted, where yeah. you can hit the little anchor button on the remote, and it locks you right on the spot. So wondering how long it's going to take to incorporate well, that into outboard technology. We've got that already with Helmaster EX from Yamaha. Mm, okay. But the twin rig works better than the single rig. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like, it works, but um, the only thing is you have your motors running all day. Yeah. So Brings up your service a bit more frequently. Well, that's right. For me, uh, as as a, a repairer, you've got to service your output every 100 hours. Ka-ching. Uh, 
Yeah, so Blakey, Blakey puts it on every boat he sells. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're expensive. But if you go out for 10 hours a day and you're running the motor for 10, 10 hours, after 10 trips, you're due for servicing it. Yep. Where with the Mincoder on there, it just keeps running as long as you charge a battery. Yeah, but still, the Mincoders also have to be serviced as well. Oh, yeah, but nowhere near as Nowhere much. near as, a, as an outboard, yeah. In fact, yeah, most, most mink coders only get serviced when they go bank. So, well, the yeah. thing is, too, it's a lot easier to get the outboard service than it is to, t- to get your mink coder service yeah, because easy. you know yeah, there's absolutely. more outboard uh, yeah. services. Yeah, there's not much to go wrong with mink coder. No, yeah, but you're you're not going to service a mink coder, are you, Blakey? We can. There's no problem. Oh, you can, yeah. can you? Yeah, yeah, that's right. We can do All that right, you authorised mink coder service. Though. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, right. but uh, it's just. Uh, on most of the boats, especially a single rig, uh, the bin is a better option because the Hellmaster, they'll do it a single, but it's very hard to control a boat in a position forward with a single engine. Yeah, yeah. Do it. off the bow's better option. Yeah, yeah. yeah sure That's right. And yeah. you're talking for Hellmaster EX, somewhere around about $23,000. Yeah. So it's fairly expensive where you can set up a good uh, min cater a lot cheaper than that. Mm. Yeah, and and the Mink Coder really comes into its own offshore. It's not just an estuary tool as well. And, right. and and for the listeners who aren't familiar with this space, if you want to do, you know, uh, any form of fishing now, the electric absolutely massively increases your catch rate. Oh, that's right. Well, you, you can go offshore wherever you want and just spot lock it, and you're not having to worry about dropping anchor in 40, no. 60, 80 metres of water trying absolutely. to hide yourself there. Yep. So... Yeah, it's not just for the estuaries, fishing for Bremen floodies. That's correct. Are you staying with us, Mr. Blake? If you like, I'll stay with you for a while. We're going to take a quick break and be back with more on the other side of this. It is 16 minutes away from 6. More of High Tide on 2SM and the Super Network. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. It is 13 minutes away from six time to talk to Marine Rescue New South Wales and there. Northern Rivers Zone Deputy Operations Manager John Murray joins us online. Good morning, John. How are you? I'm terrific uh, for this time of the morning. <laughs> join, join the team. Join the team. Hang on. I thought Marine Rescue operated 24 hours a day. Yeah, 24 hours a day, but uh, we do have some time to sleep, but uh, we will wake up and help people in distress well, when it's required. John, I, m- I might argue that, because uh, yesterday two awards were given out to uh, your uh, your members that have put in extraordinarily massive amounts of work within their community, both uh, Kevin Hill and William uh, Blakeman uh, picking up awards yesterday for their service for Marine Rescue. Awesome to see these people that have dedicated so much of their life and, and the, the, their available time to try and help the community out. Yeah, they're both long-serving members from the South Coast. Um, both uh, Kevin and Bill are unit commanders, actually, which uh, are unpaid positions, and they look after both units down there and ensure the, the training goes ahead and the vessels are kept in good condition, and it's an extraordinary amount of time for for, for people to put in, and uh, we appreciate everything they do for us. and. Both these guys have been exceptional over the time they've been with us. It's been a weird sort of a winter too. It's been exceptionally warm and uh, so many people have stayed out on on the water and as a result, uh, Marine Rescue New South Wales volunteers have made a record number of rescues throughout July. Tell us about that. Yeah, we've had uh, 265 rescues. That's up 46% on uh, the same month last year and... um, 
with 114 of those were actually emergency situations and um, we uh, send our crews out, are highly trained, we call them professional volunteers because they're so highly trained. We send them out in all conditions to uh, help people from life-threatening situations to um, mechanical breakdowns where uh, you know, they might just break down flat factories or so on when they're running the sounders for so long or, you know, they, we go out and we help them, jumpstart them so on, but uh, we saw 632 people, adults and children, uh, returned to shore in that period. It's a, it's amazing with so much work on. I'm surprised that uh, the Hunter and uh, Central Coast crew were out doing some exercises recently too. But I suppose that's still important because you don't get to cover the entire gamut of what you guys do and girls do. No, nah, so um, yeah, we had 55 members last weekend all got together and uh, uh, conducted a search and rescue exercise off the waters of Lake Macquarie. We had uh, Marine Area Command, the water police vessels, surf life saving members, also the Westpac helicopter. And they went out there and they uh, uh, practiced the search patterns and location of uh, our training mannequins, which they did successfully. And um, yeah, they go out and practice. Each region gets to do that once a year. That's a rather large uh, exercise that's put together to help hone the, uh, the, the skills of our volunteers. Have you had a bit of a chance to get down to the boat show? I no. I was in Sydney yesterday, but uh, my first thought was getting out of Sydney and going home. So yeah, I get you. I get you on that now. <laughs> there's, there's not a bad contingent of marine rescue uh, personnel down at the show too, and, and quite a few good displays. Yeah, it's a good display, and uh, we've got volunteers down there and some staff members down assisting as well. But uh, it's a it's a top notch little. Um, uh, show we've got there and we also got one of our new um, marine rescue vessels, one of the newer ones it's Port Jackson 3-1 that actually works on Sydney Harbour mm. and uh, it's a 10 metre naiad and if, if anyone goes to the boat show and they want to have a look at one of our bits of gear they can duck down to the the water there, and they'll, they'll see. They're amazing boats. Hey, John, Greg Reed here. Like you mentioned there before, that people breaking down for having flat batteries because they've been running the sounder. Does that mean that recreational boaties may need to consider on their boat having a dual battery system, whereby they've got one dedicated start or cranking battery, yep. and then one house battery that runs everything else? Oh, it's definitely a good idea. Yes, we've got all that on all of our vessels because the the amount of equipment we run. But to have uh, two vessels on a uh, two batteries on a recreational vessel is a, a wonderful idea. It's, it it happens quite often where they'll leave early in the morning, they'll go out and they'll run the sounders, or they might even have their radio uh, AM radio on two SM, or have their radios on VHF channel sixteen. Um, but um, it's quite often they'll they'll go to start up in the afternoon. And it's uh, interesting as, as a commercial yeah. operator, I'm just horrified by that recreational space yeah, and the fact I, that the rec mindset just can't get their head around the fact I, that I they, don't get it they should have two batteries. Um, mm. As a fail safe, it's it's just such a simple concept, and with the weight hey. saving with lithium hey. now, um, it's a no brainer really. Well, well, unless they'll jump pack or something like that'll do the job too. Yep. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, there they're you go. Yeah. size of yeah. a large iPhone yep. now. Yeah. Yep. Hey, John, um, I've got to give kudos to you, Harrington Branch, Harrington Crowdy, because that's my local um, Marine yeah. Rescue Brigade up there. They're always prompt. Um, you know, when you log on and off with the radio, they're always quick to uh, to respond there, and I'll tell you to go to another channel. And yeah, when you log off back on the 
when you get back in the harbour, they'll all, I'll give you a phone call and say, "How's the fishing?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they're right onto it. Yeah, they're onto it. Yeah, they're a good bunch of guys and girls up there, mate. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're exceptional. They've got the uh, the, the bigger vessel at Crowdy Harbour there for uh, offshore work and and a smaller vessel for up the river. So mm. even if you're up the river and you get in trouble, they'll, they'll duck up there and get you. Well, they did, they did a pretty risky one out in the river me up there the other day, and unfortunately they <laughs> come unstuck a wee bit. But, yeah, no, they um, they put their lives on the line to help people, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. That uh, was a hairy situation that they, that, uh, they were placed in, and um, unfortunately, you know, we had a, an injury, but uh, there was no lives lost, which was the mm. good thing. And... Um, yeah, everyone returned home safe and sound, so we'd like to see you every day. John, thank you so much for your time this morning. Really appreciate it. No worries, anytime. Even though it was early. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for the good work you do, mate. Cheers. It is, thanks, Dan. Mr. Reed, how has the fishing been down at Jervis Bay? Oh, the water's crystal clear in the estuary. Be pretty tough in places, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For me, this week in the estuary, particularly St George's Basin, is the toughest week of the year because we've just come off the full moon in August. Yes. Full moon in August. Very weird. Gives me fish. the heebie-jeebies yeah. in the estuary. I don't even... I virtually don't bother with this week. Huh? Your beach would be a in the, in, the, ba- in the basin, beaches, yeah. The beaches, yeah. beaches are different, and actually the beaches inside Jervis Bay are different as well. Actually had a, a good little sessions on um, some of those rock sand facing interfaces inside the bay on the lead up to the moon how would places like honeymoon bay and all that sort good of thing? Yeah, yeah good target squitting. beach and places like yeah, that yeah good squidding <laughs> yeah on target actually we had good reports from target this week uh, mind the swell if you're going down there because you've got to you really got to look at the swell because it faces due south and there's nothing in between there and the antarctic region what <laughs> i used to do and and this was the time of year we do it if we'd go on puddle hole there every night it's no good on a full moon yeah. because it's too bright. Yeah. But by puddle holing, I'm, uh, I'm talking about you fishing the rock shelf, which has got about a foot or two of water over it. Yeah. We used to fish bread. Yeah, yeah. Just mould a bit of bread onto a one a hook yeah. and get drummer and yeah. lovely brim. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, but uh, steamers, you're right. There's been a lot of uh, salmon and tailor on, on steamers, mm. but... Well, steamers uh, would be one of the best salmon beaches on the coast, I reckon. Definitely. Yeah. And just, just as a little bit of exercise in the most... I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but it's the most stunning beach on the whole New South Wales East Coast. But it, one of the reasons why is because of the walk in. Yeah. And that's what's that's the it's allure. It's 40 minutes. Okay. like you and me. Yeah. That's the allure of it. You put the effort in. Yeah, it's to 40, get minute, 40 minutes to walk in. That's why we normally take a mountain bike and just roll down the hills. Mm. So it takes 15. <laughs> it's much, much easier for that. But lovely walk in. 400 steps at the end. Comes down this big amphitheatre type mm. style of beach that faces due south. There is nothing in between there and Antarctica, so everything swim coming up the coast swims you'd, into steamers. You'd come down those steps, Greg, and you'd see the big black ball Balls in the salmon. middle of the beach. It's, it's a go, great yeah. place to fish, also fly for salmon off the beach as well. So the beaches are fishing all right. Um, St George's Basin, the water is... What was it, gin clear or vodka clear? Oh, gin, the gin, gin clear. clear. I prefer gin than vodka. Yeah, I'll be yeah. having a bit of a lick at the sink, checking the salt levels of the water if they were gin. Yeah, yeah. No, the basin is crystal clear. It's been crystal clear and calm. We actually need a bit of fresh coming in there, so hopefully we're going to get a bit of a stir up there. But um, it, it's always tough in August to a point where I don't I don't personally fish it in August now and the, and the years I have I've just gone why do I go back and fish it in August uh, for some reason it just goes very dominant it's tough in the actual basin itself the the river going down into Sussex is different being the, the water temperatures are a bit warmer full of ludric um, Jervis Bay itself but yeah round the edges for squid um, I'd forget about the kings for now and uh, we'll go to the break and we'll come back for, back to you after the break <laughs> 